There was plenty of time to make his appointment with Grace Manning. It was more the chill in the air that caused him to hasten to the car. The wind on the side street was still blowing furiously, though now it was pushing from behind, a bold and determined force guiding him against his will. When he drew closer to his car, he caught sight of a small book lying near the rear wheel on the driver's side. He tossed the carton of cigarettes over to the passenger seat before picking up the book. He looked around, half expecting someone to call out for it. But the street was still empty, and he held the book in his hand, stupefied at the sudden realization that he couldn't in good conscience toss it back into the street. There was no choice but to take the book with him and figure out a way to find its owner at a later time. He turned on the motor, then quickly skimmed through a few pages to see what the book contained, discovering that it was a personal diary. He had done nothing wrong, yet he felt guilty after reading the first line. My name is Faith. I'm an alcoholic. What is this, a joke? He said aloud over the synchronicity of events and the odds that such a diary would come into his hands on this day. He slid the book beneath the carton of cigarettes, as if it were contraband then drove off in the direction of the old schoolhouse on Elm Street. He tried to make sense of the bizarre events that had fueled the anxiety he had been keeping at bay since 5 a.m. The crime in front of Phineas Newberry's store was troublesome enough. Now he was in charge of a diary that didn't belong to him, and there was no telling where that would lead. Too much to mull over now, he thought, putting on the signal light for the left turn to Grace Manning's office. He knew little about the woman, not that it mattered. He slowed down when he saw the rust-colored brick building that once was his elementary school. His professional eye noticed the restoration work, pointed brick and new windows that made the old school look attractive again. The clean lines of the building represented to him the best in architectural design where form followed function, a philosophy that challenged his creativity by imposing a sense of purpose to artistic rendering. Will watched a young man take the steps two at a time all the way up to the main entrance door, the way he used to. That was long ago, and the memory of it had nearly escaped him. A narrow driveway led him to a rear parking lot where he discovered a world of small businesses he never knew existed. He sat in the car long enough to open the carton of cigarettes and slip a fresh pack of Marlboros into his pocket. He hesitated a moment before getting out of the car feeling the oddest sensation of being a stranger to himself and thinking, This is it, you crazy bastard. You're as ready as you'll ever be. Inside the building, he heard people going up the stairs to the second floor, and their voices echoed through the main hall. The old school was busier than he had expected it to be, and the spirit of the place seemed palpable as he made his way down the corridor, passing each room in search of Grace Manning's office. The smell of wax on the wooden stairs brought back old memories of the school bell ringing and classmates rushing by in new leather shoes. Will unzipped his jacket to allow for more breathing room. He slowed down when he approached the door that displayed the nameplate of Grace Manning, Ph.D., licensed clinical psychologist. He held back, remembering it as the door to the principal's office. For a moment he considered turning back, his mind behaving like a toggle switch. Yes, no until he quit deliberating and opened the door. A quiet bell announced his presence in the small reception room that housed a half a dozen chairs, a coat tree, and a magazine holder displaying information on mental health and alcohol and drug addiction. The cold gray walls did no more than hold the room together. 
Will stood for a moment in the deadening silence, not wanting to remove his jacket. His nerves tricked him into thinking that coming here was a mistake, and he vacillated before committing himself to the simple act of hanging his jacket on the coat rack. He looked at the literature in the magazine holder and noticed his reflection in the black lucite. There was more silver in his hair than he had remembered seeing when brushing his teeth that morning. Will had allowed himself to believe that a little silver in his hair was from years of hard drinking more than aging, as though earning it was better than being handed it. In his heart, he was still thirty-something, but in fact, he was the father of a grown woman. Even so, he was still handsome as a movie star, and not even alcohol had dulled the brilliance of his deep blue eyes.